Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, June 11th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. On today's show, I am renaming this episode uh, The Will Does Nothing Show. Not really. I mean, I, I put in the work ahead of time, but in terms of recording what I'm doing right now, I'm going to be recording very little. I'm just going to be plugging things in from previous things that I've done. Uh, but don't worry, it is uh, newer, fresh content. Uh, segment one, uh, I uh, some of you may know I do another podcast called The Three Gas Bags Podcast with Matt Sheehan, who you've heard here uh, plenty of times, who you've read at The Only Colors, a very popular site. Uh, and then with our other friend, Paul Costanzo, who's a longtime sports writer from uh, the area from Michigan and, and knows, uh, you know, Detroit and Michigan, Michigan State sports really well. Uh, so we do a podcast and we were talking yesterday and just kind of out of nowhere, Paul brought up Josh Gaddis at Michigan and, um, you know, some of the praise that's been going on there with the offensive coordinator, uh, the new offensive coordinator for Michigan and, and what he's been seeing. So it turned into a pretty good rant. Uh, that I thought was really funny, so I wanted to play it for you guys here. So we'll do that for segment one. Then segments two and three will be our very first uh, guest co-host from a listener of the show. Uh, Jake Porter uh, is going to join us to talk about some big plays in Michigan State football history uh, with uh, the caveat that we are getting rid of uh, the obvious ones, right? The Hail Mary, LJ Scott's run, different things like that. We're going to ditch those, and then we're going to sort of get that next tier of maybe overlooked historical plays in MSU football history that we'll always remember. So we'll talk about those with him for segments two and three. So that is the plan for today's show. If you want to uh, join the show like Jacob is going to here in a minute, uh, email me, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. Uh, send me a pitch of what you would do with 10 minutes co-hosting the show. Try to keep it tight, 10 minutes. Um, I can push it a little bit like Jacob's going to get like 17 or something like that. You know, we can push things if we need to, but try to keep it within 10 minutes because everyone, myself included, always go long on these sorts of things. We just, you know, we're gas bags, right? All of us are gas bags. We just keep talking. So send me a pitch for what you do with the segment and then we'll go back and forth and then we'll uh, put a time in the calendar here and set it up so we can record together. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's show. Uh, I'm going to, like I said, play this little um, segment from the Three Gas Bags podcast. And basically the lead-in is we were talking about the uh, unfortunate uh, Charles Matthews injury, uh, which really sucks for him. Obviously going through the pre-draft process, the Michigan, former Michigan wing, Torres ACL, and we were just talking about like, Damn, what a tough break for him. Uh, and then that, you know, brought up the, the Michigan talk led to, um, you know, changing subjects, but still talking about Michigan, just Michigan football instead of basketball. You know what else sucks? You know, or it doesn't suck. It's fun. Um, the deification of Josh Gaddis that has happened over the last month. Can we, can yeah. we talk about this? Because... Um. My man's had one spring practice, and apparently all of a sudden now he is, I don't know, know, there's not a comparison, clearly. A deity, uh, an innovative 
offensive mind because he is going to do the spread offense, which uh, has not been seen it's at the college new. level before. It's a new thing. So, yeah, newfangled offense. It's a new thing. As all the other teams in the Big Ten are running the veer option, this guy is going to – now I'm going to use a football term um, that you probably haven't heard a lot. He's going to do a shotgun. Uh, he's going to do a shotgun <laughs> explain, in his explain offense. Explain so. Tell me what's a shot. What's a shotgun? It's when uh, when the the game starts, you get sixty points on the board um, just just for your team. Well, the other team gets uh, no points because they don't run the shotgun. So that's uh, how it how it works. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, they mm-hmm. are going to run this thing. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, it's just it's taking the NFL by storm, so that must mean it's truly revolutionary. Um, they started it in the NFL two years ago, so that means it's only been around for two years, and nobody in college football has ever heard of it. It's called an RPO, and what that stands for, hold on, gets better, is run, pass, option. Wait, so you yeah. can do either one? You can either run it, pass it, or option. I don't see how any team can stop that, especially I think, MSU. I don't honestly. But. I don't know. It's too complex for me. Um, but from what I'm reading, if you run RPOs, you will score a hundred touchdowns a game. I we don't know because nobody's been running it. Like Baylor didn't start running them nine years ago uh, in college, so we don't know uh, how it's going to translate to college. But uh, I'm hearing good things. Well, it's it's gonna end up in another trip to Indy for him. That's yeah. that's how it ends. So, this, yeah. so. so okay, all right. Let me rant a little bit here. Yeah, let's yeah let, 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 let's rant it uh, in before we just play all the all, all the hits. Like they're never gonna learn their lesson, and I'm talking about Michigan fans. I'm talking about like like a na- national college football media, like where this is happening again, where they hire a coach not from Alabama. Let, like, he did not steal him from Maryland. He was Maryland's <laughs> offensive coordinator for a day. And then Harbaugh <laughs> swooped in and took him from Maryland. Okay, so mm-hmm. Nick Saban was willing to let him go to f***ing Maryland. And then Harbaugh swooped in and took this guy who's never called plays in his life. And now this is deserving of a fawning Bruce Feldman essay about how great he is and yes. revolutionary he is. Like, yes. folks... Let, like, I I am a Notre Dame fan. I understand hype. Believe me. I get it, right? (laughs) But you guys back it up once every decade. Let them. You guys have that going for you. Let them win something of, like, a single f***ing thing of significance before we, like, get to this level. Just one time. Let them win. And I understand that that means you'll never write about them. But my point is. Let them win one thing, and then we can discuss them more and talk about, oh, this fabulous offensive mind that they have brought in. Okay, cool, great, awesome. I, I don't... So, hold on. You're, you're asking for something that I've never seen before. You, you want results before we start writing good things. You, you, you actually want to see actual substance, I not just... I want to see a guy who has proven anything. Wow. Like, a great wide receiver coach is one thing. Like, that's cool. Like, okay, nice. He's a really good wide receivers coach, apparently. He's never called a play. Ever. Like, 
And is that what the offensive coordinator That's does? What the offensive that... coordinator is. Mike Loxley did it for Alabama last I see. year. Alabama, who also is running with a team full of people that you've never seen, like that doesn't they're not fair, it doesn't count. Um and now also, did you hear that they could have the best offensive line in the country next year? Mm-hmm. Where yes, the f- did that come from? Um, they haven't had a good oh, well, offensive it's, line it's the off season. <laughs> in years, and they're bringing back four of the five last year who got, if I remember correctly, eaten alive by any good defenses, and now they're going to be the best? I'm so confused by what I'm seeing, but I'm not confused, and that's the problem. Anyway, rant over. Yeah, no, I, I get because, like, every offseason I'm just reminded that, like uh... – uh, yeah, all the hype is for a team that hasn't won a conference title in 15 years, and I don't need to say anything more than that. It's, it's just it's just it's just old. It's an old bit. I don't even have fun doing this anymore. It's like it wasn't even a year ago that it was this all-star offensive coaching staff, the greatest college offensive coaching staff you could assemble. That's right. Look at them all. That's right. Jim McElwain. Jim Harbaugh, Pep Hamilton, whoever the hell else they had. It's like, just let it play out one time. Right. Just one time, let it play out, and then then we'll see what happens. But, I don't know, man. Oh, I just love when Paul gets going about Michigan football. He rants, uh... Pretty well because he's, if you know him, even if you don't know him, um, he's an incredibly reasonable person. Just very calm, level-headed, nice, smart, and just utterly reasonable. And for him to get going, it always makes me just so happy. And I thought, you know what? As soon as he was doing that, I'm like, I'm going to steal this and use it for my other show because it's just too good. So I had to go back and bleep out the swear words. Um, Hopefully I didn't miss any. I listened to it. Uh, twice through, and I hope I didn't miss any. But yeah, that was uh, enjoyable stuff. So I'm going to maybe look to do that some more uh, in the fall and things like that because we're always talking about college football and we get some pretty good content going uh, there as well. That's going to uh, do it for segment one here on today's show. I'm not sure why I went into my this is the end of the entire podcast cadence there, uh, but I did. Uh, When we get back, we'll pick it up with Jacob Porter talking about the best plays in Michigan State football history. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. And we have a new sponsor for the college uh, Locked On College channel, all our shows uh, that we've got here on the Locked On Podcast Network college version. Uh, it is Twillery. Guys, it is 2019, and these days shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat, and with Twillery, they don't. Twillery, that's right. Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking beer in the fridge. It's easy, affordable, and the perfect fit guaranteed. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. And even better, they have free shipping and returns, so you can try on some twills completely risk-free. Yes, that's right. You can try Twillery shirts completely risk-free. And if you're looking for a gift for dad, there's a limited time Father's Day special. Enjoy a free set of bottle opener color stays with each 
purchase. Right now, you can get $25 off your first Twillery purchase by going to www.twillery.com slash lockdown and entering the promo code lockdown. That's twillery.com promo code lockdown for $25 off. Father's Day promo only valid until June 16th. You can get Locked On Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. The Himalaya Podcast app is totally free, super easy to use, and has all of your favorite shows. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Spartans. All right, I am pleased now to be joined by Jacob Porter, a class of 2012 Michigan State graduate. Jacob, you are our very first listener of the show to actually join the show. We're going to have some more people here in the coming weeks, but you are the very first one. So uh, thanks for doing this. How are you doing on this fine day? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing well. It's an honor to be the the first one. I listen to this podcast all the time. So excited for it. I appreciate that. Um, I will be sending you a giant commemorative trophy to honor this moment. And I hope that you will display it somewhere uh, where you live. Beautiful. Um, I, I'm sure my wife will love if I just put it right in the right in the living room. If there's one thing I know about wives, my wife's the same. They love just unnecessary crap and clutter in the house. Like something like a huge trophy would be perfect. Uh, I'm sorry, you cut out there for a second. Oh, it's okay. I made a terrible joke. Um, leaving all of it, <laughs> we're good. Uh, so Jacob, you were on the show today. We're going to talk about favorite plays in the Coach D era. Um, but I like yep. the little angle you added on to this. Uh, we are going to, right off the bat, eliminate these uh, four plays. Uh, Trouble with the snap, Little Giants, uh, the Wisconsin Hail Mary, and then LJ Scott's run to win the Big Ten Championship. Because uh, I agree with you. I think those four are probably the, everyone's four favorite, or at least they're going to be in everyone's top five or so. And so instead of just picking those, I, I like going down to the next tier there uh, and, and kind of getting the next level of great plays that maybe don't get talked about enough, but are still awesome and great to look back on. Uh, you brought in a top four. Let's start with your number four uh, and we'll work okay. backwards down to one. Give me a four. Uh, tell me what you love about it. And then we'll just go from there. Okay. So, so my number four might be kind of weird because Michigan state ends up losing the game, uh, but it was 2009 Michigan state versus Iowa. It was a night game. Iowa was undefeated. They were ranked somewhere in the top 10. Uh, and it was my first real experience with a big game in the student section uh so fast forward there's like two minutes left we're down three uh cousins takes the ball he, he throws it to brian limpicum who does a little pitch on a hook and ladder to blair white uh, and blair White runs down to like the 25 yard line or something like that and then a couple plays later he scores to take the lead but that first play that hook and ladder was, was one of those moments where you kind of get up from the mosh pit of the student section and you're like five feet or five rows away from where you started and that was just kind of my first experience doing that. So that one, I it does, you know, it stinks. It hurts that we lost. Um, also kind of my first true heartbreak as a student. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's plenty of those. But it's just something that I'll never forget that Hail Mary it was a, or that hook and ladder. It was before, you know, Coach D was kind of known for doing trick plays. and Just an awesome moment at night. Yeah, that was – and it was just such – like we did, you, you said it perfect. We didn't really know uh, Coach D likes to do things like this yet. Uh, the, his tenure was really just starting to get going, and they were about a year away from really being a team that started winning double-digit games. And so, sort of the audacity of that call, and just on that drive, and how it all played out. Um, 
Yeah, that was an awesome play. And it's one of those ones is because they lost that it sort of gets forgotten about. Someone was actually uh, bringing, I brought that up on Twitter like a week ago and I was like, oh yeah, that did happen. But it was just such an amazing play and unfortunately gets overshadowed. uh, A, because it was before kind of the glory days kicked in and B, they eventually lost that game to Iowa and nobody likes to remember losses against Iowa. They're always terrible. So I really like that one as kind of an under the radar one. Uh, What is your number three play? All right, so so number three, I, I had to throw in a, a play against Michigan because uh, it's always fun to reminisce about good plays against Michigan. So I was going to do when Isaiah Lewis ticked off Denard Robinson and taunted taunted him into the end zone, uh, but I went with 2013. Um, so we're we're pretty much dominating Michigan, but the score is still kind of close. Uh, I actually looked it up; it was 22 to six. There's like mm-hmm. seven minutes left. Uh, everyone feels pretty good about the game, but Michigan all of a sudden puts together a drive. They get down to like the like the twenty yard line or something like that, and Devin Gardner throws a pick to Darquez Denard that just ices the game, which was you know obviously awesome ice the game against Michigan. But the thing I love about that play is Darquez Denard kind of he picks it off and then he walks towards the student section and he does kind of Russell Crowe from Gladiator, "Are you not entertained?" with his arms spread out wide, and it was just such a cool moment. Uh, I always say that one day I'm going to have a, a man cave with that full-size life poster hanging mm-hmm. in my basement at some point. So that was one that always sticks out there for me as well. Yeah, that one was awesome. And it was, uh, I think if I remember correctly, a back shoulder into the end zone that he just kind of undercut. It wasn't well thrown, but he made a really awesome plan. And yeah, that sort of, it was a kind of an up and down uh, ass kicking for the most part, but that really kind of ended it there. I actually have one. I don't have a full list like you did like a countdown. I just sort of jotted some things down here. My, the thing I remember most from that game, because I was in Jamaica for my brother's wedding at the time watching it. So just like in a perfect paradise and the games it's 40 degrees and raining in East Lansing. And and I'm sitting in the room, (laughs) like cackling out loud, watching this game, uh, like just cackling with joy. And it was like when they, when Michigan had like third down and 30 something, um, and I think it was an Ed Davis sack, whichever it was, just that drive, the back-to-back-to-back sacks, um, when it was just like the most overwhelming thing you'd ever seen in football in Michigan was just like, get us out of here. Um, that yeah. was just like through the TV. I could tell how insane and loud and just crazy Spartan Stadium was. And I was like I said, I was sitting in paradise uh, at a hotel, and like uh, all, all-inclusive resort at a wedding, just tackling, the game. just laughing harder than I've laughed uh, at how just it was just a visceral rea- reaction. I'll never forget sitting there just laughing out loud on that third down play. And he, as soon as he dropped back, you're like, here it comes. <laughs> like it, there right. was no doubt on that drive, back to back to back plays. And that third one is just like, oh, yes. It was, yeah, there's a, there's it was a YouTube amazing. video out there with, with like clown music playing and it just shows Devin Gardner yeah. getting sacked repeatedly. And that yeah. could be my alarm clock in the morning. Yeah. That, that was one of the best games at the top three games ever for me, uh, Michigan sure. state football in the D'Antonio era. Uh, what is your number two? Okay. So my number two is uh 2013 big 10 title game against Ohio state. Uh, so I was at this game. Obviously it was awesome. We got up to the big lead. They came back, took the lead. It kind of went back and forth. And a lot of people talk about the Langford run. Mm-hmm. Where he splits the safety and scores. That's kind of the, the marquee play of that game. But the, well, my favorite one was was a little bit before. So there's like five minutes left. We're up three and we're punting. Uh, and the punt actually gets blocked by, by Ryan Shazier, of all people. 
um, blocks the punt. The, we get the ball at the 50, or Ohio State gets the ball at like the 50, and you kind of sitting in the back of your head. You're like, oh, my God, here we go. You know, this is Braxton Miller. This is undefeated Ohio State. Probably knows how this ends. They're at least going to get a, a field goal, take it to overtime, whatever. Fast forward to, to fourth down at two, and the reason this play sticks out so much for me is that I've seen Ohio State players do this, you know, fourth and short, whether it's Terrell Pryor or Braxton Miller or Carlos Hyde, whoever it is back there, you kind of just figure the Ohio State's going to do their stupid little where they clap it before they hike the ball. Then they're going to run. They're probably going to get the, the first down. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, so Braxton Miller does the little clap thing that all Ohio State players do. He starts running to the right. And then out of nowhere, Danico's Allen just sheds his blocker and, and tackles Braxton Miller like a yard short. I thought for sure Ohio State was going to get the first down. And obviously it was a turnover on downs. And then that allowed for the Langford play to happen. And then obviously the Rose Bowl and all that came after that. But that was just such a – the stadium was so loud. and It was just such a cool moment to kind of slay the, the beast that was Braxton Miller and Ohio State at that time. We'll never yeah. forget that one. Yeah, and there was, I think, like just a few plays, like three plays later, Langford went like 46 yards or something, 36 yards to oh, just yeah. to end the game. And that was, I actually, if you, I wrote down the Langford TD run because we were going back and forth and you had the Danico Salen stop. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll have the Langford TD run in there as well. Um, but between those two, the, the Danico Salen stop is my favorite. Um, like it, it would be pushing for my top five, like the four we read off. Uh, to start this yeah. thing, like the Danico Salen fourth down stop is right there for me. Like that was insane. And I remember like I was on, I was still going to Michigan state at the time uh, in a house with some friends, like watching that game. And it was like, we were so, I could just tell everyone was just so nervous. And like the game had been going so well, like that Mumphrey touchdown to kick the game off. And like, it was just oh, yeah. like, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Yes. And then the block. And then you're like fourth down in a yard and a half. Carlos Hyde's going to, they're going to give it to freaking Carlos Hyde. And that monster is going to pick this thing up. And then Danico's like out of nowhere, just that dude was a big play machine. I wish he was a little oh, yeah. bit bigger and a little bit faster because he would have been really fun to watch in the NFL. But like, for what he did at the college level, like he was such an explosive playmaker. Uh, and that was but he the, the kind of has to be one of the most underrated Spartans. Do you agree with that? I feel like he, he doesn't get as much love as maybe he should. He probably doesn't. Um, and he was incredible. Like, like that linebacking group was really good. Um, but that dude just racked up tackles for losses and sacks and was a blitz that king. Like, yeah, there yeah. was a lot of schematic advantages um, in terms of you know, like the front was so good and like the, the secondary was amazing. So you had the ability to blitz and do things like that. And he was always the guy who got to do that, but he was so good at it. And didn't he have the yeah. play where he jumped over an Ohio state uh, running back on a blitz uh, pass protection, jumped over him. Yeah. He's like uh, completely yeah, yeah. Yeah, horizontal, 2012. like above the ground. Yeah. That, that dude made so many incredible plays. Um, he that was will make my, uh, my man cave too. At one point, a life-size Nico. Yeah. Down. That was that will make the, the wall as well. Yeah, that's a it's a good selection.
All right, when we get back, we will finish off the countdown uh, with Jacob's number one play, and then I'll offer up some uh, plays as well. We'll do that after this quick break. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Spartans and the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need the totally free Himalaya app with their personally curated playlists and themed collections of shows. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Spartans. Let's uh, get your number one here, and then I've got a couple more that uh, you do. Uh, sorry, that you don't have on yours. So give me your number one. Okay, so my number one is is 2015 um, against Iowa again in the Big Ten title game. Uh, so we eliminated the LJ run, which obviously would be the the marquee play of that game. But but there's another one here. So on that final drive that took like 45 minutes in real time, I don't know how many 20 plays or something crazy 19, like that. 19, I think. Yeah, that that sounds right. Just gut-wrenching, the most nervous 45 minutes of my entire life. But um, there's a play where at like the 50-yard line, I think, it's third and eight, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if we don't get this, D'Antonio's going to punt because he's going to think that we're going to, you know, our defense is playing well, we're going to pin him back and get the ball back with a couple seconds left and see what happens. But uh, Connor Cook drops back and just feathers this ball to Burbridge a second before the Iowa safety comes, the guy hits Burbridge, Burbridge holds on to it, and it keeps that drive going that obviously led to the LJ's touchdown and led to the playoffs and everything. But the coolest part about that, in my opinion, was if you're watching on TV, Gus Johnson just screams, uh, Connor Cook just put that ball in a shoebox, and that video clip could get me goosebumps until I'm 80 years old. It was just such a perfect call, such a perfect ball, and then Burbridge just holds on after getting hit by the safety. And, you know, for that 30 seconds of that drive, my heart could ease a little bit and relax. So yeah. that's one of my favorite ones from that game. Yeah, I remember that call. That like same exact same emotional spectrum that everyone oh, yeah. went through on that. Um, that that reminded me of the, the back shoulder throw fourth down in the Cotton Bowl against Baylor uh, the year before oh, yeah. to Tony Lippett. That play was like it was thir- fourth and 13, I think. And like. I have more confidence in Connor Cook throwing a back shoulder for a first down that they have to have. And I have more confidence in that coming through than like anything else <laughs> in oh, Michigan He could State. have like a five-yard swing pass. Yeah. And I'm, I'm taking the back shoulder all day. Yeah. Yeah. The 13-yard back shoulder fade to pick up a third and long or fourth and long. Like it seemed to work every single time in the hugest spots. Uh, another one from that game that doesn't get talked about nearly enough uh, was when Iowa was about to score a touchdown to kind of really seize control of the game because Michigan State couldn't get it going offensively because Cook was hurt. Uh, They throw it. It's like a completion in the end zone, and Riley Bulla absolutely destroys the receiver, and the ball sort of rolls around, uh, and as they land on the ground, it lands on Bulla's back, pops up in the air, and then Demetrius Cox just is right there and comes swooping in and picks it off his back for the interception uh, and the touchback craziness. Like, yeah. Like just for how that, how did that even happen? Like a million different little things had to go exactly right for it to just like be sitting there on his back. And then right. like, he, the timing and of like, it in the hit, like it was amazing. Yeah. And how close that game was. They scored a touchdown there. Who knows how that thing shaped on, out, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, even how we saw it play out, I think it was over. Michigan state needed 19 plays and forever, and a perfect drive to just score and like win the game there at the end. It was 16, 13, I think was the final score. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, and it it, like couldn't get things going that Iowa defense was awesome. 
and Cook was hurt. Like the passing game just wasn't really there. They couldn't get, they were stuck in the mud the whole game. And that would have yeah. been maybe enough to, to hold Michigan State off for Iowa and they would have been going to the playoff. Uh, and it was just like such a monumental, massive play that like, how did that even happen? That was insane and crazy. Uh, and I'll always remember yeah. that because that one was like, and I, I I wasn't at the game, but I know just from rewatching it, like Iowa fans started cheering. And then Michigan oh, yeah. State fans started cheering because like he caught yeah. it in the end zone, but like for a half second, it was like touchdown, Iowa, interception, Michigan State. Like it was just like perfect <laughs> of peak and that, Oh my God, it was an incredible swing. Yeah, that yeah. Was that I mean, I, I was at that game. I give Iowa fans credit. I, I still remember Iowa hit the bomb that game. Yeah. Like an 80 yard touchdown or something. And I, to this day, I think that's the loudest stadium I've been in. <laughs> Iowa fans just going nuts. Yeah. That was, that was, that was yeah. a rough point for my for my anxiety as well, but you know yeah. we made it through. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, okay, a couple more here that I wanted to throw in that you didn't say. The Kyler Ellsworth fourth down stop in the Rose Bowl is probably oh, yeah. yeah, that's probably the first one we we leave off of. Like, here's the top four, the Mount Rushmore, and then Ellsworth's probably the next one knocking on the door there for me to get in just yep. to seal the Rose Bowl um, and for a bajillion different reasons that we don't even need to get into because we all know, and that's a more famous one. Uh, Another one that is less sort of famous, but I think was amazing. It's something I will, I will never forget it. Like I can see it in my mind right now is the blocked field goal against Baylor. And then Tony Lippett (laughs) just (laughs) ending the kicker and like, it's all fine and good because the kicker tweeted at him after the game and like it didn't. Yeah, I do remember up. that. Yeah. I was worried, like, oh God, like, is that kid have a brain injury? Like a serious, like <laughs> that looked like it absolutely could impact his life for a long time in a negative way. And I was oh, worried. Yeah. And then he tweeted, like, hey, nice hit, or whatever he said. And I was like, Yes, we can laugh about this. We can <laughs> we can be like that was yeah. the most amazing hit. And like, we don't have like, to feel guilty about yeah, it. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. I can watch it back and know that a minute later he got up and was, was okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, just like, holy shit. What a hit. That was like, and it was that perfect time of, uh, I don't really believe in momentum, but for, to use it, uh, I, I believe in momentum as science, not in sports. Um, but like momentum swinging the confidence of that game totally flipped. And like Baylor was killing Michigan state. And it was right at that moment, like, all right, is Michigan state going to really steal this away? Or is Baylor going to kick this field goal and put the game out of reach because Michigan state was charging and they were running out of time. And that happened. And I was like, we are going to win this freaking game. I couldn't, I can't believe we're going (laughs) to win this game after they threw a touchdown to a 400 pound tight end. How are we going to, I was just going to say that they were, yeah, they were just clowning us. They were clowning bit. us. Yeah, dude. They were like the Bryles's Art and Kendall were dancing up the sidelines uh-huh. and like, let's throw it to the fat guy and like be funny. And it was whatever it was, like 41 to 14 or 41 to 21 or something like that. Yeah. They were something killing that was us. out of reach. Yeah. And then that the blocked it was, I think Michigan State was down either a touchdown or, or something close there. I forget the score. But like at that moment, I was like, yep this one's over. Baylor's got nothing left for us. Um, so I, I, and I'll always remember that just because of, of the hit lip it laid on them. Um, yeah, yeah, that was freaking awesome. And that game was at like noon on new year's day. So you're feeling rough the night before and we're just <laughs> stomped on. And then that, that hit kind of 
Joel to be back to life. Yeah, that at, on that play, I was watching with friends at a at a house uh, back home uh, from school, and at the end of the play, I was I was literally standing on top of the couch. Didn't <laughs> I don't remember? Didn't remember getting up on the couch, but I was standing yeah, on the couch. <laughs> yeah, that that's happened to me twice. Uh, I did that, and then trouble with the snap. Uh, I ended up shirtless and I didn't remember taking off my shirt. I just got like so hot and flush that, and I was sweating. I was sweating it's, for like it's minutes. It's understandable. Yeah. There's and like, no judgment here. yeah. And I, I was literally sitting by myself at my house. Um, it was like, just, it was a, uh, yeah, it was a Saturday and my wife was working that Saturday. So I was like, yeah, I'll just hang out and watch the game by myself. And my, my shirt was gone. I was like, where did my shirt go? Um, (laughs) You find it like 45 minutes later. Yeah. It was like off in the other room. I was like, when did that happen? Um, But yeah. So, all right. Good list for you. Definitely. Um, All there's the cool thing is looking back on this and you probably felt the same. There's so many awesome ones to choose from. Um, Oh yeah. And that's, you know, I started looking up YouTube videos and I went down like a two hour wormhole yesterday and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to (laughs) decide. You go down the rabbit hole. So cool. All right, man. Thanks so much for doing this being the very first one. It went great. Um, And, you know, I can't thank you enough for reaching out to me, listening to the show all the time. I I always appreciate it. And thanks for taking the, uh, the time to, to chat with me about some fun plays. All right. Thanks to Jacob. Once again, for joining the show, it was a lot of fun. Uh, good chatting with him. If you want to do that, email me, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. DM me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. That is it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Spartans. Thanks to Hotels.com and Himalaya and Twillery. Until tomorrow, go green.